0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of Creedle. Today I am joined by Alex Jones, who is the CEO and co-founder of Hallow, which is an app you you may be very familiar with. It's a great app and I highly recommend that you get it. Uh, Lots of really cool stuff for Catholics to dive deeper into their faith and build up their contemplative prayer life. So uh, check that out, it's called Hallow. And Alex, as I mentioned, is the co-founder and CEO. Alex went to undergrad uh, at Notre Dame and then got his uh, MBA at Stanford. Uh, and then founded the app about two and a half years ago uh, he lives outside of chicago with his wife and seven month old so congrats on the seven month old alex and welcome to creedle uh thanks so much for
1: having me yeah she might uh she might interrupt us once or twice she's supposed to be down for a nap but uh but she does uh, she runs the house so we'll see Yeah, hey, we i love can. it
0: that's great <laughs> uh, i'm gonna try to pull up the the halo app here this is available on ios is it on android as well alex yep so ios and android uh if you look on your app store uh, you should be able to find it really easily. It's just called halo, uh, Catholic meditation. Um, and lots of great stuff in there. I'm a frequent user of it. My, my wife is even a more frequent user of it and it's been really enriching for our prayer life. Uh, so I highly recommend that app, but Alex, let me just throw this to you for the first question. How did you decide that this was something that you needed to do? What, what gave you the idea? What gave you the idea to build halo?
1: Yeah, it's uh it's a great question. Um. The answer is uh, God decided and uh, beat me over the head with it until I did it, um, the, uh, and it was definitely his idea. But, uh, but the story of Hallow is, is pretty intertwined with my own uh, faith journey. I was raised Catholic uh, in the sense that my mom dragged me to Mass every Sunday, but that was about the extent to which I engaged with my faith. Uh, and I fell away from my faith pretty heavily in high school and and college while at Notre Dame, uh, probably would have called myself if pushed a agnostic or atheist, depending on what time. Um, and when I graduated and started working in the, in the regular world, the, uh, I got really fascinated with this idea of, well, there was kind of two separate things going on. I got really fascinated with this idea of meditation Mm -hmm. and it, uh, there's a sad, which I'm sure we'll talk about, but the, the sad uh, story in today's world is when folks think of meditation, they do not think of St. John of the Cross and St. Teresa of, right, yeah. of the, the Great <laughs> Christian Mystics, but they think of, um, and I did, of kind of secular meditation, meditation and yoga, mindfulness meditation, Eastern, right. maybe Buddhist meditation, that kind of stuff. And um, But I got really fascinated with it. Not really because I had uh, like an acute stress or anxiety problem I was trying to deal with, although had a stressful life as everybody does, but was a lot more of some fascination with whatever a contemplative spiritual meditative life was, whatever that meant. And at the same time was kind of in parallel to this was trying to figure out what I believed. Uh, seemed like I was supposed to be an adult now and supposed to have some kind of handle on, uh, what I believed. And, uh, but I could never really on the, on the belief side, I tried to wrestle with some theology stuff and, uh, Uh, read a bunch of CS Lewis and uh, a bunch of different arguments. Um, but I, I don't consider myself the sharpest theological uh, tool in the, in the shed. And so every time I would read something, whether it was an atheist argument or a theological argument, they were just all super intelligent, well done arguments. And, uh, I would just be convinced by whoever I listened to, uh, most recently. And so I was like, all right, this isn't going to work. And so I tried, um, so I was struggling with that, how to, how to figure out how to, um, what I believed at the same time, um, was, was starting to explore this meditation thing. And I came across one of what is, uh, one of the really popular apps out there, which is Headspace, Headspace. Yeah, I've used Headspace before. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're massive. I think they're like hundreds of millions of downloads, which we'll, we'll talk to, uh, in a bit, but I think are, are hitting on a, on a need that is, uh, uh, that folks have today, but the, but I thought the app itself, so I started using it all the time. I thought the app itself was a really useful tool. You could sit down in the morning, learn for 10 minutes, this type of technique and without having to travel to India for two weeks or yep. go on some yep. retreat for a long time. And it was kind of like a personalized guide. You just plug in your headphones, close your eyes and, and press play. And so I thought the tool itself was really cool, but every time this very strange thing started happening, which is every time I would sit down and meditate and, uh, not watch youtube or netflix or distract myself with something and not think about work or all the stuff i had to do um my mind would feel pulled towards something spiritual something Mm -hmm, faith-based and that was super strange for me because i still would have considered myself an an agnostic um and so i started talking to folks uh who i knew in in the faith world or who were deeper in their spiritual journey than i was priests brothers sisters a bunch of folks kind of asking this question hey i'm having this weird experience is there any type of intersection between this meditation thing and this faith thing? And they all laughed at me uh, and said, "Yeah, we've been doing <laughs> Let me it for tell 15, you about some 15 <laughs> years. <laughs> uh, it's called prayer. You probably should have heard of it." Yeah, and uh, you know, I had obviously heard about prayer, and I had I had tried to pray a handful of times throughout my life and tried to build a habit of prayer, but. It had always kind of just felt like I was talking to myself, or just going through the motions, just repeating what I had learned uh, or yeah. memorized as a kid, or you know the hey thanks for stuff, sorry for stuff, help me with stuff, and kind of rattling off what I was thankful for or right, needed right. help with, and which are all like really great ways to pray. I don't mean to downplay those at all. I just had no appreciation of the depth of the beauty of the memorized prayers, and I w- wasn't. It didn't feel like a two sided conversation um, when I was you know doing the kind of thankful and and uh, petitionary prayers. But um, but I started learning, and these folks started teaching me all about these really powerful, really deep, really beautiful contemplative and meditative techniques within the Christian tradition, which I had just never heard of before, which is mind blowing. But things like Lectio Divina and all of Benedictine yep. spirituality, things like Ignatian spirituality, the examine, imaginative prayer, Carmelite spirituality, recollective uh, recollection, prayer of the quiet, the um, uh, you know chant, liturgy of the hours. Um, So just a lot of really beautiful ways to pray that uh, I'd never been exposed to before. So I sat down and Googled how to do Lexio Divina, uh, randomly opened up scripture, um, and I opened it up to uh, the passage where Christ teaches the, the Lord's Prayer and meditated on. Uh, in Lexington, meaning you pick a word that sticks out and you meditate on that word. It could be a phrase or an image, but, but, right, it, right. uh, I usually do a word and the word that stuck out was hallow and hallow be that hallow be thy name. And it, the, that experience just completely changed my life. Just, uh, uh, I mean, it brought me back to the faith. It brought me, uh, faith is the most important part of who I am, changed everything about what I value, my relationships, my marriage, everything. So, um, it, uh. And it's really hard to put into words, but it was as any real per experience is, but it was just this beautiful combination of you know like the the s- secular meditation and mindfulness meditation um you get the sense of like your stress goes down. Like you, you mm-hmm. breathe deeply and you, you right. really are just meditating on your breath and you breathe deeply. You feel the
0: cortisol levels decrease yeah. almost. too. Yeah.
1: And um, so you get that same type of thing from this beautiful contemplative prayer. You're focused on hallow and, and meditating on it. Uh, and you feel your stress levels go down and you feel the sense of peace, which I would, I would argue is a deeper sense of peace. But, you know, you feel that sense of peace. But the, the other half of it is there's this depth of uh, like meaning and purpose to it. Um, Mm -hmm. whereas before you're just meditating on your breath, um, to try to, you know, as kind of like a physical exercise this, I I was meditating on the word hallow, which means to make holy and, uh. It was just wrestling with what that meant like the depth of what that meant which is you know is Jesus hallowing God the father's name is God the father trying to hallow my life am I letting him hallow my life am I trying to help other people grow in holiness or in virtue and the answer to most of those questions was no i wasn't doing those things yeah. which are you know pretty stressful like life-changing questions but totally, yeah. wrestling with them in this kind of sense of of deep peace and so it, it was this weird combination of wow i'm i'm struggling with life-changing questions while also in this deep sense of peace, which uh, I just thought was, was awesome. So anyway, the, uh, the idea for Halo is pretty obvious at that point. I had been using tools before to learn different types of techniques. I thought they were you know very, that the idea of the tool, which is you have this app that can kind of personalize the journey and you have a little audio guide that's personalized to you and that walks you through these techniques. Um, but I had discovered kind of this whole other world that was, mm-hmm. had changed my own life. And so might as well try to build uh, something just for myself to use for the rest of my life. If it helps me get into heaven, that seems like a decently positive ROI. And if it helps one other person, that'd be, that'd be pretty awesome. And, uh, so God really just beat me over the head with the idea. But then the, uh, uh from there it's just taken off like uh way more than we ever would have expected so god has just done taken what is i would you know a a pretty simple tool we try to keep it uh uh there's a ton of really beautiful content but try to keep it a really simple tool to guide folks in in a deeper relationship with god and uh has has just uh uh has taken it and done really tremendously miraculous things which um you know every day we get a note from folks on on how god has impacted their life through meditating and uh we've been able to reach more folks than we ever thought possible i think we you know are like a 10 million sessions completed on the app or um uh or or, uh, prayers completed on the app and then like seven hundred and fifty thousand downloads or something crazy so just way way more folks than we ever thought was possible which is just a it's just a blast for for us to get to work on we're super humbled to be a part of to be a small part of folks's uh, spiritual journey
0: yeah, that's fantastic, and I want to ask you some questions about kind of the business and how it's going and what's ahead. But let's first—you—you you, you talked about the differences between sort of Eastern meditation, uh, popular modern secular meditation, and what you do at Hallow. And let's let's peel that back a little bit because I think that's really important. Now, I mentioned I've used Headspace, and my my experience—I I don't use it anymore. I use Hallow, but my experience using Headspace was—and um, I'm certainly not an expert in meditation—but it was you know try to empty your mind of all distractions, try to try to purge everything from it and just have it be empty, right? And just focus on you. And so uh, there's there's certainly some element of uh, advantage in getting rid of all the distractions. But what, what you then find is that there's, you know, your mind is essentially empty and then you're focusing on yourself. So it's a very sort of introspective uh, practice, but not necessarily in a healthy way because it's very self-centered. Um, whereas hallow to me is very different because you're filling your mind with contemplation of the true, the good, and the beautiful. That is God, uh, and so there's there's a there's certainly similarities in shutting out the distractions, but there's dissimilarities in that in Christian prayer you're contemplating the divine as opposed to contemplating yourself. So, but do you have anything to add on that or other thoughts on sort of the, the key differences and why you um, why you think Hallow is the better way to go?
1: Yeah, I mean. Um, I think you hit on a a lot of the great points, the, the fun part. And when we first started working on this, you know, one of the big questions that folks were asking was, um, you know, can Catholics meditate? Is that okay? Is that allowed? Mm, And the word meditate is such an interesting one because. It's in scripture. I mean, it's in the Psalms. Meditate on God's word day and mm-hmm. night. Meditate on the meditate on the law. So, and and Christians and Catholics have been meditating for the last two thousand years. Uh, now, yeah. meditation and prayer in the in the Catholic definition uh, are very similar terms. Um, and there's a more rigorous definition of vocal prayer and mental prayer, and then within mental prayer, contemplative prayer and meditative prayer. And so, there's there's a kind of a different definition than what the secular culture defines as meditation, which is really mostly mindfulness meditation and uh the types of eastern meditation um right. buddhist buddhist meditation mostly and the uh so when people usually ask the question hey is meditation okay are catholics allowed to meditate um they're usually not talking about you know saint Teresa of avila and saint john <laughs> yeah. they're usually talking about hey are, are is it okay to use these yeah. eastern techniques of meditation or mindfulness meditation and mindfulness meditation is probably the easiest to Understand. It's essentially just focusing on your breath. Using your breath as a centering mechanism to focus your mind, and then at the end, letting go. Um, now, there's a bunch of different types of meditation, and it's a lot more complicated than that. But that's essentially the the, the basics of it. And the good news is, we this isn't a new uh, this isn't a new phenomenon. This isn't a new problem. The church hasn't. Uh, this isn't like brand new to the church. Uh, Pope uh, Benedict wrote a letter about this 30 years ago. I think it was Cardinal Ratzinger at the time, but um, on you know perspectives on christian meditation and is it okay mm-hmm. and and how can christians build this type of meditative practice in, into their life and he said a lot of the very similar things that you just said which is um the secular form of meditation the mindfulness meditation and types of yoga and all that jazz there's a handful of dangers to it um which are uh you know the first is the philosophy of eastern traditions do not have both the forces of good and evil Uh, So the theology behind them in Christian prayer is a a really important part. You don't just want to let your mind go because there's two forces that could be working on your mind. There's a good one and there's an evil one. And so discernment of spirits is, you know, there's God and Satan. And so discernment of spirits is a really important part of Christian meditation, which you don't really have in uh, in a secular context. The other one is what you pointed out, which is. Uh, the point of Christian prayer is always to get outside yourself is always to humble yourself, to die to yourself and to get outside yourself to others and to God and to spend the focus on the session outside of yourself. Uh, mindfulness meditation is to focus on your breath and use it to become mentally healthier and then detach the, uh, uh, the downside of that is, you know, there's a handful of, di- it's just like working out. If you work out all the time, you're going to build a, a bit of an ego about you feeling more work that y- you more in shape than other folks. And you're focused on yourself versus, you know, how can I, uh, do something for my wife or my family or my community? Right, right. So Christian prayer is all about how do you focus outside of yourself and grow in humility and focus on God. So, I mean, the, the easiest way to, um, the easiest way to explain the difference is the Christian prayer is always centered on. Christ in the Trinity and has to be, uh, the core of it always has to be God. And, uh, obviously secular meditation and mindfulness is not, and that's a, the most important difference you can have. But, um, the, the but the, the, practices of, uh, recollecting yourself, finding a place of quiet, sitting in silence mm-hmm. and focusing on something simple and, uh, talking to God and really trying to listen, not just talking to him, but finding a way to listen to him. Those, those types of meditative prayers are core to Catholic spirituality. Um, there's thousands of monks across the world who do it every day and, in traditions that are thousands of years old within, um, within the church. And obviously Christ himself would retreat often uh, away from his disciples to, to find places of quiet and prayer. Um, and so the, you know, and when folks ask, Hey, how is hallow different than, you know, headspace or calm, I guess they're, it's similar in the sense that, it's an audio-guided app. You plug in your headphones, you press play, you, um, you know, pick a session, and you have different types of background music and different length options, and we're trying to build a world-class app uh, technology uh, and design. Um, but it's different in, in the sense that everything is different. So the whole content is different. Every, I mean, the Rosary is a beautiful contemplative meditative prayer. Um, Lexia Divina on the Daily Gospel. We have a yeah. handful of samples of homilies. So the whole content, the whole idea for the app is is totally different. It's not... Our goal is not to take Headspace and call them and add a little bit of Jesus to it. Our goal is to go back to the beginning of a yeah. uh, church teaching and really try to bring what the church has been doing for a thousand plus years into um, into folks' lives in a, in an approachable way. Um, so I don't know if that answers that question, but that's kind of how. No, it's
0: totally. Uh, and I like what you said about how you're not just um, you're not just sprinkling some Jesus into what Headspace is doing. You're building building this building a sort of parallel concept, but on a totally different foundation. Uh, and I like that conception of what, what Halo is doing. Um, let's talk a little bit about the the company itself and uh, what you wish you knew when you started it, because now you're two and a half years down this journey. You just mentioned 750,000 downloads of the Halo app. That's already more growth than you ever thought you would see. So what do you wish you knew if you go back to two and a half years ago when you started this? What do you wish you knew then that you know now?
1: Um, yeah, it's, I... Uh uh like to say, which is definitely true, that the only two things that I've done well at uh, in, over the course of Hall's history is ask God for help and ask other people for help. Um, nice. <laughs> and every time that something's been difficult or challenging, that has always been the uh, has always been the answer that's um, uh, that's figured it out in the end. The I mean, people are a super important part of anything. So finding the right team uh, and we have a phenomenal team of folks, um, but finding the right team Um, to work on the building something, what we think is hopefully something truly great that is stands up to the best Silicon Valley apps in the world, but also shares kind of the beauty and rich of richness of the, the church's teaching. Um, and so, uh, finding the right team is super important. So everything that comes with that, um, you know, making making sure that folks think that working at Hallow is the best job that they'll ever have and and taking care of people in the right way. So that's a, that's a super important piece. And there's a bunch of learnings that came with that, but probably, um, well, probably just as important, if not more important is, uh, there's a, you, in, in the secular world, it was really easy. There's a handful of really awesome parts about working at Hallow, uh, which is by far the best thing I could ever do in my life. Best job I could ever have. But, um, the biggest one is you just get to see God's hand so directly in everything. So it's you know like it's uh, it's so clear when you look at anything that has been successful at Hallow. It's very clearly not are doing it's very clearly the holy spirit's doing so you know we try to get in contact with someone to create some type of content we try like eight different routes and then eventually we give up and there's like you know we have all these little networking ideas and all this stuff and we're like all right yeah. fine we're just not going to get in contact with this person and then randomly they reach out to us on like a contact us form oh, cool. on our website or something nice. like that so yeah there's there's just uh, so many examples where the holy spirit is like guys just chill i got, I got this for you guys yeah. the uh, and it's just a blast to to be able to um to be a part of. And I think the biggest thing that I've learned through it is, uh, you know, in, in kind of regular work. And I guess in my secular career before hallow, it was very much like, yeah, God's will be done. And, um, you know, I uh, trying to trust in God. Now this is, you know, depending on where I was in my faith journey, but, um, the, uh, but I would always still feel like I was the one in charge. I was the one doing it. Like I needed to prepare yeah. for the meeting and I needed to be sure. ready and I needed to figure out what to yep. say and I needed to figure out the right strategy and whatever it was going to be for my own career. And how you can, I can feel that same urge to be like, okay, I've got to figure this thing out. I've got to, I've got to, and it's important obviously to work really hard and we work really hard and try to think ahead and all that jazz, but, uh, but the trusting in God I think there's there's a book that I just recently read he leadeth me um but he it, it's just such a great example of this where just letting go of and 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 letting God lead you um now yeah. I was still working hard and all that stuff but but really trusting God and really knowing, hey, you know this hall thing could work, it could not um we could help folks, and it could not but at the, at the end of the day, it's your thing. We're just trying to do what you want us to do. And we're just trying to listen. And so all I pray is that I can do what I have the courage to do what you're asking me to do. And I can listen. Yeah. And that, that's think, a really
0: good attitude too. I mean, I'm reminded of Paul in first Corinthians three, where he's saying like, you know, I planted all this, et cetera, but God gives the increase. And so it's a good reminder that we can do everything in our power and it's still God who gives the increase and we have to be relying on him. And it's, it's great that you can now lead a company where you're helping other people to see that too, Like right? God's teaching you that he gives the increase, but you can also sort of instill that idea into the culture of your company. That's a pretty great responsibility.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, we've, we've, uh, we've been incredibly blessed. This is just a, just an awesome thing to, to get to work on. And, um, it just, I mean, it, there's a handful of things that come with it, but starting a, starting a company is a, is a really could, can be a really stressful uh, in, endeavor. I've talked to sure, a bunch of yeah. different founders and you know, a bunch of folks working on startups, you kind of start from nothing. You got to pour all your savings, all your money into it to try to get it off the ground. And then you build a team and you've got the uh, company's got families to support and you've got to figure out how to, build something that product-wise is truly great and can help folks and reach more folks and, um, build a team that, you know, loves what they do every day. And so yeah. can, can feel like a lot of pressure. And I think, you know, when I, when I talk to fellow founders, the biggest thing that they always say, and the biggest learning that they say is, you know, you've got to find something outside of yourself, something bigger than yourself. Cause if not, it's just, uh, you know, you trying to succeed and then all the weight kind of rests on you. And for me, that's always been uh relatively really easy. There is something outside myself. It's not my thing. And uh if it succeeds, uh, credit goes to God a a hundred thousand percent, not me at all. Uh the team probably a good bit, but uh yeah. definitely God. And uh, you know, it's it's his to guide through ups and downs. And so it just takes a lot of the stress off of You know hey what is this going to turn out into and what are we going to do five years ten years down the road it takes a lot of that stress and a lot of that pressure off because it's not it's not your thing it's it's someone else's who has a who has a better plan for it so
0: yeah well let's uh let's stay on that a little bit and talk about what it's like to lead a catholic company i mean you're obviously a for-profit company this is not a non-profit ministry Um, So you're, you're guided by a sort of a a different set of rules. You're not out there fundraising from donors for a 501c3. You're trying to figure out how you can be viable in a marketplace. Uh, But at the same time, right, you know, you're, you're trying to lead a Catholic company that has a Catholic culture. So what are some things that you are thinking about or are doing to think about how, how we're going to sort of apply Catholic principles to taking care of families, for example, or um our workers etc of keeping our mission first uh giving glory to god or even even just you know keeping the spiritual life of your employees nurtured right because uh, i imagine you don't want to be working people 16 hours a day to the bone because that's not going to be healthy for their spiritual life if they don't have time to themselves you know give some time to prayer uh, and attend mass and take care of their families etc so what are some things that you're kind of thinking about as you navigate those waters
1: yeah it's a great question the um the one caveat that i'd add is we're. Uh, legally structured as something that's called a public benefit corporation, um, which is, uh, got a lot of the benefits of a, a uh, for-profit company and a lot of the benefits of a nonprofit company. Essentially, it, it allows us to, uh, have attract really great employees from folks like Facebook and Google and all that jazz in a way that's competitive, um, while also still having our, um. Uh, while also still having our social mission. So like a, a for a traditional for-profit company would only have the mission essentially to increase shareholder value. Right, um, right. and that's their fiduciary responsibility or my would be the, the CEO's fiduciary responsibility. Um, but ours is, uh, both to grow and create value, uh, and to, uh, pursue our social mission, which is helping folks to grow closer to God. So we have both of those at least legally written in to our charter at the same level. And so essentially all that means is I don't get any, we don't get any of the tax benefits of a nonprofit and I can get fired for two reasons, but, um, but, uh, but is that, is that a B Corp? Uh, it's so, uh, we don't need to get into all the details. B Corp is like sure. a label that's added to some types got of public it. benefit corporations. If you meet s- certain types of bars, we're not yet at that scale for got us it, to it. meet some of those. But the um, uh, we're still a super small team. Uh, I think twelve gotcha. folks now. But the uh, but the and the, and then and and we thought super seriously about how we were going to structure ourselves. The goal of Halo is. Um, just to help as many folks as we can in as deep a way as we can grow closer to God. And so the the that is the mission. And the big question for us was how do we structure ourselves? How do we build a company that helps us to do that? And one of the things we really wanted to do was build something that uh, what we saw often in the religious world is... You have a lot of really great content, not a ton of really great technology. And the t- yeah. the technology often gets left uh, pretty far behind because it is really hard to attract the best engineers in the world.
0: Um, yeah, as it, a 501c3 who yeah. can't pay that, those kinds of salaries. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So the, uh, so we, so the, the whole structure of Halo is how do we build something that is truly great, that competes with, um, you know, the best in the world Silicon Valley companies. And I think the best example, like when I, I have a, when you go to like my little sister is in college right now. When you go to her and you tell her to download an app, even though it has beautiful content on it, if it doesn't look like it's on par with Amazon and Netflix and all the other apps she has, she just won't download it. And so it's like, yeah. how do you create something that's beautiful enough that can reach the folks who aren't, you know, looking for daily mass readings or whatever, but are totally. maybe a little bit further, further uh, away from their faith? And uh, for us, it's really about building a, a really great product. How do you do that at all levels of the, uh, of the company? And um, the big part of that is, is attracting a really great team. So to your point, um you know we have a handful of values all tied to scripture stuff i'm actually still working on those to to build out but we're a super small team and are super focused on helping everybody to to grow um deeper in their own spiritual journey on the team um as well as you know the the community we have a uh, kind of a content team a theology team a spiritual team who really prioritizes that the uh you know our, our big values are uh mission always comes first. God is in charge, not us. And we're just trying to do what God wants us to do. Uh, it's important for us to grow. It's important for us to be sustainable. It's important for us to think about economics and all that jazz. But, um, the mission of helping people grow in prayer is always the thing that, you know, when, whenever we have a tough decision, it's how can we help more people pray? Um, and then the, the second thing is we're Catholic always, um, and trying to be a place that welcomes everybody. So we have, uh, where all the content is always going to be true to church teaching. Uh, we have a great set of advisors. Bishop Kevin Rhodes has been phenomenal, but a great, a great set of advisors within the church who make sure that we always stay true to Catholic church teaching. Um, but ideally this is a, uh, an app and a place in a culture that welcomes folks from all backgrounds. Ideally we're reaching folks and we have a ton of stories, uh, from folks, but ideally we're reaching folks like me who had fallen away from their faith and are maybe exploring uh, their faith. And so that's really the, the, I think we just got a note like a week ago from a woman who hadn't been to mass in 30 years, uh, and hadn't been practicing 30 years, uh, was praying with the app for about a year and then ended up going to confession said, uh, felt like a cinder block was lifted off her, off her shoulders, then went to mass the next day and described the app as an arrow sent uh straight from the holy spirit into my soul which is just like it, awesome. again uh yeah. glory to god is just a him doing some pretty awesome crazy things but that those things always come first um and so hopefully we can reach out to folks uh you know in the broader christian world folks who have fallen away from their faith folks of other faiths and kind of introduce them to the beauty of catholic spirituality And, uh, then the last thing, the last big value of ours is to build something really great, um, to build something truly phenomenal, uh, both from a technology perspective, from a design perspective, content, uh, the content side of our, uh, work is pretty easy because the content's been around for thousands of years. So we're not inventing anything new, but, uh, but the product is is really, you know, how do we build an app that's visually engaging, that works, that is, uh, super seamless, um, and something that's, you know, comparable with the best apps in the world uh, and websites and, and all that jazz. Um, so those are really what we focus on. And then spiritually to your point, we try to do a big retreat. We're still super young. We've only been around for two and a half years. So a lot of these are sure, yeah. in progress, but we try to do a, 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 big, our goal is to do a big retreat every year, um, with our team. And then we'll, we'll try to do quarterly kind of a little mini retreat. And then, uh, we don't have, we've been in COVID forever, so we don't yet have a, yeah. a kind of office location, but when we do, we'll try to find a place that's close enough for daily mass and just trying to make sure that, um, and that folks who are looking for spiritual directors get it and and all that jazz. So hopefully we can build a place that, um, you know, can help folks grow deeper in their faith life while also not, you know, there's a bunch of folks from a bunch of different faith backgrounds on the team. Um, it's always important that the app will always stay Catholic, but, uh, you know, we're welcoming of anybody who's passionate about the mission, who's going to help us, you know, to reach, reach more souls. So, um, so yeah, that that's kind of how we think about, it's super important for us to build the last thing I would say is definitely want to take care of, um, uh, take care of the folks on our team. So want to compensate folks, uh, well, and make sure that they can take care of their families and, um, uh, all that and that they don't have to make an enormous economic sacrifice to work on something that they're, that they're passionate about. So, um, so that's kind of how we think about that, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, no, that's awesome. I think that's a really good way of thinking about it. And um, I'm excited to hear that you're approaching it with all these things. I'm also excited to hear that it's a public benefit court because um, it, it would be frustrating, I think, trying to run a missional business to have as your primary or really your exclusive fiduciary duty to stakeholders to or shareholders to just maximize returns. Uh, that would be pretty tough. Um, so it's nice that you have a little bit more flexibility built in just with the structuring of your company.
1: Yeah. And I think Um,
0: we've always tried to
1: be really clear and really transparent with anybody who partners with us in any way that's like, Hey, look, this is a mission driven thing. Uh, this is not, you know, there's a bunch of founders who are trying to start companies to get rich and that is not what we're trying to do. We're just trying to do what God is asking us to do. And, um, that's what we're always going to prioritize. And so if you're on board with that, which a lot of folks really are like the, even if you don't get the mission, are really excited about uh, being part of a mission driven company, um, that actually takes its mission seriously. Uh, and, um, that's definitely something that, that we try to do.
0: Yeah. Have you found VCs venture capitalists to be pretty receptive to, to that statement of yours, or have you sort of had a polarizing experience where some of them aren't interested and some of them are, et cetera. What's been your experience with them?
1: Uh, it's definitely, uh decently polarizing experience uh i mean yeah. silicon valley is not the uh most catholic uh is not the capital of of the catholics in the world um yeah i
0: think it's the um it's the hbo show silicon valley where yeah. one of the one of the characters says that they're uh i forget what, exactly what it was but it was basically like the the point was that christians are the pariahs of the valley like yeah, it's definitely. it's uh it's a career killer to socialize with christians and it was obviously made tongue-in-cheek but because there's an element of, element of truth to it so
1: yeah, i mean it's actually so i lived in silicon valley for for a few years it's actually kind of fun because you feel like you're kind of like part of the early rebel church it's like uh yeah, yeah. on your other uh uh so anyway that that, that was I you have to
0: go kind of, underground to the county yeah exactly
1: so it's actually kind of fun <laughs> but the um uh but in the in the vc world it's definitely um not the not the norm and i think i mean most vcs are super uh excited about finding founders who are mission driven um, right. but the religious, part. but the
0: question is which mission, yeah. right? like, cause yeah. I've, I've listened to, I listened to this podcast called the pitch by government media and, uh, it's, it's just a bunch of, uh, startup founders going in and pitching their ideas to VCs. And, uh, it's interesting, but a lot of the ones are, a lot of the VCs are compelled by social impact businesses, but it's generally about environmental causes. That's kind of the, like the, the easiest sort of lowest hanging fruit, social benefit thing. And they're compelled by that. But I imagine it'd be a lot harder if you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm a Catholic and I want to help Catholics connect to their faith and to pray more so what do you think you want to invest yeah i mean
1: we have to make both for um folks joining the team and for folks partnering with us in any way content wise or um Or investor wise or any of that jazz. You have to make the pitch. Uh, We make the pitch both ways, which is hopefully the same pitch that our product makes, which is look, this is a really awesome mission with really awesome content. Um, But also, we think this could have a big impact on the world. And, you know, for an employee, you're going to be able to, you know, provide for your family. And this is going to be a competitive uh, compensation structure and all that jazz. Um, so, uh, the same thing for investors, Hey, look, this is a mission that we're passionate about, but we also think it's a big opportunity. Um, and the, uh, we've been super, I mean, it's definitely a filtering at all. Every startup idea is filtering. Uh, it, it has a, has some, every great startup idea has a bunch of folks who hate it and a bunch of folks, uh, yeah, a handful sure. of folks who love it. And, uh, it's a risky idea. It could work. It could not. And so, um, for us, it is really important to find as we talk to folks folks who get the mission Um, and that's not a huge pool of of folks. I can probably count them on a single hand, but uh, we've been super, and again, this is another one of the examples of when we were considering doing some type of partnership with uh, some folks in Silicon Valley, we, I sat down and prayed about it for a while. Talked to a good chunk of advisors, and I was frankly like, "Yeah, you know, look, we're uh, trying to reach more folks. We're um, we're doing fine. Uh, there's no real reason." And God just kept saying, "Hey, look, no, you should just try it." And I was like, "Yeah, but there's not a yeah. ton of mission driven folks out there, and um, there's probably nobody who's going to get the get the mission." And God just kept being like, "No, you just just try it. Just trust me." And uh, as the the more that I started to think about it, the more that finding partners to accelerate growth and really to reach out to. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, rel- it's not that hard to reach out to folks who are going to mass every day or every other week or, sure. or every week yeah. or um, folks who really take their faith seriously. But the really hard part and frankly, a decently expensive part is to reach out to folks who don't take their faith seriously. There's no real obvious place to get them. You kind of gotta spend right. uh, a, a bit more aggressively and, and to try to create more content at a bigger scale. And so to really do what we're trying to do, which is reach out to folks who don't take their faith as seriously, yeah. it does, um, uh, or like the spiritual but not religious group. It is uh, super important for us to be able to accelerate growth and to create a really, uh, really, truly great product, which is hopefully uh, in a year from now going to be a lot better than where it is now, and, and is a lot better than where it was a year uh, before. And so uh, we did think that that was super important. But again, was still, you know, hey, I, I don't yeah. think we're going to be able to find somebody. We ended up finding a handful of partners who are just phenomenal. I mean, so the the, the woman who led our round uh, who, who is our main investor, Catherine Boyle wrote an article on this, but just somebody who really gets the mission was using the product before. And, uh, is, uh, now again, has both things. So just like us, we're trying to create something great and we're trying to reach a lot of people at a big scale and, uh, we're trying to prioritize the mission. And so she's probably one of only a handful of folks who, um, you know, it's even possible for us to, to partner with, but God, uh does what he does so he uh, yeah. uh he made whatever work in the way that is his own mission and we will just continue to try to follow wherever he leads so it's um so that piece is definitely to your point it's not you know the vast majority of vcs are not uh, super jazzed about a catholic mission yeah. <laughs> um, so uh so yeah it's, it's definitely not the, the easiest task in the world but god again is uh is the one figuring it all out so it's not on not on us to try to figure out which is the easy part
0: yeah well, as a final question for you, Alex, what's the future hold? Because uh, you mentioned that you've had more success than you thought, again, 750,000 downloads, 10 million prayers prayed on the app. Uh, when I look at the app, I see something um, that I think could be really, really promising in international expansion if you add more languages to it and try to reach you know massive swaths of people who are Spanish-speaking or uh, anywhere in the Indian subcontinent uh, across Africa. I mean, I, I'm super pumped about the ability to potentially to reach those people with this app but what do you, what do you see as the future of halo what is what does uh, the future look like what's what's where's the app five ten years from now
1: yeah that's a great question I guess um, there's two pieces to it the uh, you know i've I've worked at um, you know for I work for a, a nonprofit I sit on a board of a nonprofit that helps uh, uh, children in um, in Latin America who are orphaned and are HIV positive. And it's super small, helps like, uh, 20 to 30 folks, um, uh, kids, but it's just awesome to get to impact those kids' lives. And you see it at a super micro scale and you feel like you're kind of an extended family. And it's just awesome to be able to be a part in a journey of that, uh, of that organization. Um, uh, which is called Montaña de Luz, but the, um, it's, uh, On the other end of the spectrum you have things like spacex which are you know the mission is hey we're going to get to mars which is such a massive mission that it's also super exciting now each day you're not going to really impact someone's individual life but you're uh trying to get to mars in 10 20 years or whatever it is and that's a pretty awesome mission i think the really cool part about halo is that we have a combination of both so uh, on the micro scale you know and there was a story. It was probably just a week ago or so and, and somebody said, wrote to us and said, Hey, I just wanted to let you know my friend um was terminally ill, had seven days to live, and he had never prayed before and was intimidated to wow. pray. Uh and I took out the Hallow app and sat with him for the last seven days of his life and prayed the rosary with him and it was oh, just a really easy way for us to to do it and again glory to god but that that's just such an yeah. awesome i mean man had we worked for two and a
0: half years i mean that oh, gives was, me chills as you, as you tell that story that's had, crazy
1: if that was the only thing that we had done two and a half years and all our time uh all that jazz would have been Hundred percent worth it would have been a, mm-hmm. a, a definitely worth and and there's stories like that every other day which are just uh, incredibly humbling and so there's there's this really micro scale yeah. that uh, we're able to journey with folks through their through their spiritual life that man just one more person who grows a little bit closer to God or, or can find God yeah. again would would be amazing um, but then at the macro scale I mean I think this opportunity for spirituality and I talked about it a little bit at the beginning Headspace and Calm have really I think are talking are are hitting on something similar to this which is people really looking they're stressed they're anxious but they're really looking for some type of deeper spiritual life and when i go when i was in silicon valley you ask anybody if they're religious everybody says no but you ask anybody if they're spiritual they all say yes yeah and there's a part to yeah. that which i think the church is doing actually pretty well which is you know bishop baron father mike are, are going out and saying hey uh, these are the beautiful teachings of the church and conveying right. them in a, in, a, in an amazing way. And so I think the theology of the church, especially in the last 10 years, folks are doing a great job of kind of sharing that with the world. But there's this, uh, which is kind of countering that, like, hey, uh, I'm spiritual but not religious. But there's this other angle I think that we don't do enough, which is n- leaning into that need. Which is instead of saying, "Hey, you should be spiritual and religious," just saying, "Okay, you're spiritual. You're interested in spirituality. I've got this really beautiful type of spirituality. You should check out."
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, that's which uh,
1: my guess is you're going to end up talking to the same guy I'm talking to, and he's going to lead you back to mass yeah. and back to uh, confession, back to the sacraments and, and everything. But why don't yeah, you just sit down and It's beautifully
0: subversive talking. in a way.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but I really do think this whole. Like the whole trend of the church in in, in the, the West, in the U.S., and even broader, uh, I think there's a lot of folks falling away from kind of institutional religion as there's a bunch of downward sloping lines. But there is kind of this really cool opportunity for folks still really hungry for some type of spirituality. And I think if the church can lean back into that, it could um, change the tide of the church in the world. And so that like at a macro level, there's nothing there's nothing grander than everybody wakes up. Everybody prays every day. Everybody does what God wants them to do every day. That's pretty much the kingdom of God. I mean, it's tough to, if you're all doing God's will every day and, and praying every day and, and listening to God and have a close relationship with Christ, that's, that's about as good a world as you get. I'd probably choose that over Mars. So it's, uh, there's like this really cool grand, uh, opportunity and this really cool micro opportunity. I think for us, the, um, But I mean, tactically for us, you're right. There's a lot more content we've got to create. Even just in the English, there's a ton more chaplets and prayers and novenas and a bunch of stuff that we got to add to the app. Um, Daily reflections. There's a bunch of really cool content that I think we're going to add over the next year that I think will be awesome. That's great. Exciting. There's a... There's a bunch of music that we have on the app, like Gregorian Chan, a bunch of different types Mm -hmm. of music, which I think is just getting started, which is really cool. Um, But then you're right, like language is super important for us. And also, you know, it takes a ton of resources for us to, we don't just want to translate something from English to Spanish. We want to really build, um, you know, that Latin America has, and each country in Latin America has a very different spirituality than uh, the United States. um, And even the Hispanic Catholic world in in the U.S. is different than the Mm -hmm. English speaking Catholic world. And so... Um, we want to build something truly great for spanish speaking Catholics um, or folks interested in Catholicism, same thing with Portuguese, same thing with all of Europe, same thing with uh, Africa and Asia and uh, the whole world ideally and so there's a there's a huge language opportunity English for us probably is is the smaller opportunity. So we get really excited about helping folks in other languages. Um, And then the product has to keep getting better. So we have like groups on the app that you can form Bible studies with and share prayer intentions and all that jazz. We gotta keep getting that better and help you to build a better habit of prayer and track yourself better and keep yourself accountable and all that stuff. And then really the, the goal is just that reaching the folks who are kind of the spiritual but not religious or the folks who maybe have fallen away from their faith. We try to build a great product for folks All the way from hey i'm already doing a holy hour i'm a priest or whatever i'm praying liturgy hours every day and and i need a tool that can help me to folks who you know hey i haven't prayed in 30 years and uh or you know folks who are you know i've tried praying but i feel like i'm going through the motions and i've never really gotten into it so we try to are trying to create kind of a custom journey for folks of of all backgrounds so that's really the the vision for Halo in in the future is, you know, how do we continue to build a better product, continue to reach more folks, and uh, continue to spread God's message and and uh, help more folks build a personal relationship with Him.
0: Yeah, I love it. Great mission, uh, and thanks for the time, Alex. I'll be praying for you and for the mission of Halo as you guys keep pressing forward. I've really benefited from the the app, as I mentioned, and again, I encourage my listeners to go uh, go download it. So if you haven't already. Uh, Halo, Hallow, H A L L O W. It's on the uh, Google Play Store and on the uh, Apple App Store. So go ahead and check it out. And I will also add, you know, Alex, you mentioned that you really wanted to build a world-class app that's right up there with Headspace and Calm in terms of UI, UX. And uh, when I first found out about you guys, I think it was about two years ago. I was like, oh, that's a cool idea. Like, I wonder if this is going to be any good. Um, and uh, like when I first logged on, it was it was definitely more sparse on content than it is now. Like you guys are just adding a lot. But I was actually instantly impressed by like how it was better than what I expected because uh, you know, there are a lot of Catholic apps out there that are built by good people doing great work, but they don't have the resources to make beautiful apps that are intuitive and offer like a pleasant user interface. And Halo does, and I think it is right up there with Headspace. I've used Headspace and I think it's really intuitive, just like Halo, and it's it's actually like pleasant, pleasant to use. So um, you know, I, I commend you guys, the whole team at Halo for, for building that out because I think you've done it. And you build a an app that's attractive and makes people want to go back and if you're if they're going back for more prayers, then what more can you ask for right so
1: well, I really appreciate the kind words. We have a uh, phenomenal design, um, a designer uh, and illustrator who who do absolutely phenomenal work for for the app. So that uh, we've been we've been super blessed to be able to work with just phenomenal folks. And again, it's it's really just trying to 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 follow where wherever God is God is leading us. And I uh, uh, two years ago I would have said the app was uh, was was pretty hideous. So I appreciate the uh, uh, hopefully it's gotten a lot better. So I appreciate the kind words even back uh, even back then. But uh, but yeah. Yeah. Maybe it was like a year and a half ago. Yeah, okay, it was probably
0: yeah. after like, the you know, it was redesigned 2.0. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, I was impressed and I, I continue to be impressed with, with the work you guys are doing. So keep it up. We'll be praying for you, uh, to my listeners. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of creedal uh, again, go check out the Halo app and please join me in praying for, uh, for Alex and his team as they try to do this good work and spread it, spread it abroad. So thanks so much, Alex, uh, and to my listeners, God bless you.